Before we get started today, I want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee, the Colorado local company. It's been supporting DNVR for years, and it's a good thing because they got the best coffee in all of the state, CBD-infused Strava Craft Coffee. We know a lot of you guys, when you order, use that promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off. Well, now you can get a subscription for Strava Craft Coffee, and every month they'll send you a new uh, bag of coffee. You never have to go to the store. You never have to worry about it. And best of all, when you do the subscription service, you get 20% off of every order. So no matter how many times you order, how much you need, they always comes to your door 20% off. CBD infused coffee. It's good for back aches, migraines, joint pains, a whole host of different things. And on top of that, it's just delicious. So support local, support Colorado, support the people that support DNVR. And best of all, get some great coffee shipped straight to your door. Strava Craft Coffee. Check it out. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the Losers Lounge. I hate this place. It sucks. I, I don't want to be here. So we've been here too many times. Um, first off, I guess Christo Cerrone. Yeah, I think I said that right. Tell me how my pronunciation was in the country. Like, yeah, sucked. Sucked. yeah, it sucked. It was a horrible Christmas. We got coal. We got a lump of coal for Christmas this year. Um, I was. Cr- I'm crossing a lot of traditions by. Serbian Christmas lump of coal. I was told Serbian Christmas is three days though, so is it, I think there's another Nuggets game. Well, uh, no, it might get canceled. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Doesn't <laughs> look like it. All right, so welcome in everybody. We're gonna have to walk through a lot of stuff that happened in this game. I'm Adam Mares. I got a squad with me today over here in the flannel. That's right. It's Delanco. That's right. I'm grumpy, man. You that, are that grumpy. Guy, I really was like very unhappy with the way that that game ended. I was very, very unhappy with the play of a lot of players. Um, I'm grumpy, so we'll we'll see what happens. I've realized through the season that I've only known Eric through good Nugget seasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this might be our first like. I don't. I mean, it's so early, it but is, it but hasn't been fun. This has not been a fun. I just. It, it's not that. It, yeah. It's it's more than it's not fun. It's like so deeply uninspiring, and yeah. like it's just. There's just been, there's players on the court that are just taking up space. There's been confusing um, use of players down yeah. the stretch, and just when there's a, at minimum three guys that if the ball ends up in their hands, they're gonna fumble it, or you just like. Uh, I don't I don't like this version of Eric, but I also understand it. I'm not telling you to change. No, I'm just saying it's, it's how it is. And then over here, of course, I got superstar Dev, the uh, king of the losers lounge. <laughs> this is if I'm just here every single time. You are here. Why Why do I have to be in the in the losers lounge? Why indeed? And I'm gonna tell you, it's so much better in the winners it's lounge. It's so like, much better. Everything about it is better in the in the I winners know. lounge, but. I'm not there again. Not there. Uh, and then, of course, joining us, Losersburg. I know, Losersburg. <laughs> I mean, Losersburg. All I know is Losers Lounge. Uh, I cover the Broncos. Uh, that's true. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, and then later on in the show, guys, Harrison Wynn's going to be joining us live from Ball Arena with some notes from, from this game. But let's get right into it, guys. Serbian Christmas. When we hit the schedule came out, I called this the number one game I was most <laughs> excited for this season. I'm worried. I'm worried that this was the best <laughs> we have in it, and it was so disappointing. The Maverick, the, the Nuggets, of course. Oh, there it is. We have our yeah. Uh, there, there we have. Yep. Christos. There it is. Christos say Rodi. Rodi. Yeah, I think that you that. How you, do you? Read I did it great. Did, you probably did that how, just right. <laughs> how, how is my pronunciation? Was it? Last word looks like that. It's. It looks like Pody, but it, but that P is actually an R, R in Cyrillic. The that, backwards N is an E. So you, it you know. actually looks like nothing that I've ever seen. Before. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are seeing. I'm just impressed. We got a. a Current picture of Nikola Jokic's facial hair situation. Yeah, yeah. It that was, was taken a, this morning. It must have been. It's true. Nobody in the comments is commenting on the pronunciation, so it's possible they don't even know that I'm trying to speak or Serbian. They, or, yeah, well, or it's the like Serbians, 5 a.m. in Serbia. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Serbians true. were like, uh, saw the way that the word maybe it's just on this so one, good that they were just yeah. like, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. So the Nuggets fall to three and five on this one, and they get a Dallas team. You know, Denver and Dallas, two teams that had have aspirations for the season and have had, I would say, uncertain starts. Coming into this game, I think both teams three and four, and you were looking at, okay, one of these teams is going to start to hit the reset button on the season and feel somewhat good about them, and one of these teams is probably going to be a little bit more concerned. And it was razor thin. This one obviously goes to overtime, and Denver drops at 124-117. Eric, I'm going to start with you, man. What's your fir- What's the biggest takeaway you have from this game other than the pain and suffering that is accompanying it? 
Oh, I wish you hadn't said that second part. Can you go to somebody <laughs> else first? So uh, my biggest takeaway is that the Nuggets have one player. Yeah. His, his name is Nikola Jokic. Uh, we have two players if we're talking about the first quarter, and Jamal Murray is engaged. He hasn't worn down, and we can count on him to make shots. Um, but there's really just no one else that I trust with the ball in their hand, save maybe Jermichael Green, who um, is not getting in in big minutes at the end, which is confusing to me. I, I don't really understand why he hasn't cracked that rotation. I don't understand why P.J. Dozier was on the floor and not Jermichael Green at the at the end there, but yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, Dallas plays small with a lot of perimeter players, so I think that's probably what you're looking at is you just wanted a little bit more speed defensively and then offensively. You know what's funny is when you mention this, I think one of the things is you want some shooting because yeah. Jokic just felt like, in the fourth quarter at least, that he was in his bag and could do it. Other than free throws, he was in his bag. And if you just give him a little bit more spacing, because you got Gary out there, you got PJ out there, not too reliable. But again, the, one of the problems with the Nuggets in this Jokic era has been they have defensive guys, they have offensive guys, and you kind of have to pick. And tonight they picked defensive guys, held Dallas to 124. <laughs> Ray, way to go defense. Dev, what, what, what stands out to you about this one? Uh, the biggest thing that stands out to me is Jokic plays 41 minutes. Yes. He has 38 oh. points, which is an amazing game. And he's totally. been putting up these amazing games. But you're not going to get that from him every single night. So who else is going to help him? That's the biggest thing right now is you can't find anybody else to help him. In, and that's when he's playing out of his mind. He's yeah. not going to always play out of his mind. And there's going to be a time that Jokic is going to be regular. And nobody else is helping them. So as as scary as it is now, it can be worse. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. I think we get this Jokic almost every night. You're right that you won't get it every night, but you're gonna get it. I mean, it's like LeBron James. You don't come into a night and go, "Hey guys, some nights LeBron's not gonna have it." And I said, "No, LeBron's gonna have it." I think Jokic is on that level this year. I really yeah. do. Like the but but your first point, I 100% agree with. 41 minutes tonight. Jamal Murray, 46. They've been doing this all season, and now and it's not paying off. Like. All the things, all the bullets that Denver has fired in their chamber early on, tons of home games, even though home away maybe doesn't matter as much, tons of home games, lots of easy teams. The, the Nuggets have, according to basketball reference, the easiest schedule in the NBA so far. The easiest schedule. Oh, and, and so you get all that. Then you get Jokic playing out of his mind. Jamal Murray's had a couple games out of his mind, playing them 40-plus minutes, and it's still not transferring to wins. Like There are some alarm bells. I'm not saying this is a full-on alarm. I mean, it's way too early in the season, and there's a lot going on. But to your point, man, that's a lot of minutes. They're adding up quick and early this year. You can see it in Jamal too. Like yeah, he, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get into that. And that's that's what it is to me. This team will go as Jamal goes. Jokic will be that constant every single night. But as we know in the NBA, one guy doesn't get you anywhere right. anymore. Yep. Um, you need two two at very minimum, and usually yeah. three. You know, just a few hours ago, I was on a Buffs post game show with Dev, and I was talking about how the Buffs got three out of their four guys going tonight, and right. that's how they beat the number seventeen Oregon. Right. The Nuggets got one of their guys going. Yep. And Jamal had Jamal his moments early. He yeah. had his moments early, but other than other than Jamal in the twenties, you know, your next leading scorer after that is Barton or Harris. Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Gary Harris. I mean, it's just yeah. not gonna get that's not gonna get it done. So you need Jokic, obviously. He's there. Yeah. You need Jamal. And then on on nights against good teams, you're probably gonna need one other person as well. Totally. It's rough, man. It's really rough, and I know Malone knows it too because he's mentioned he's brought it up. But these minute totals, you know, you know that the Nuggets, and this is why I thought this game was especially important, is because the Nuggets needed a stabilizer. And if you got, we talked about this on the last show, but if you get to four and four, it that it would have felt like a reset. It would have felt like okay, what if we lose to Philadelphia coming up? Not the end of the world because we got to four and four, and now if you drop a game like whatever, we can experiment. We can afford to play some guys a little bit more. Three and five. Going, getting ready to go on a, a road trip, your first like long road trip of the year. Now there's just so much more uncertainty and, and 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 worry. I think around tear them. it up on the road. Like it just turns out the ball arena is just bad vibes. Well, Change you know the, the thing is, is usually like home and away. It's like sixty five thirty five, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. at home, and right now it's like fifty two forty eight. There's like no almost no discernible difference. So that's one silver lining, I guess, is the road maybe isn't as much as anything. But sticking on this game, let's talk about Jokic's game tonight because I thought it was an uneven game. Thirty eight points, eleven rebounds, four assists, two steals, and he was dominant in the fourth quarter. I mean, clutch. 
Came up clutch in the fourth. I think he's it, man. NBA.com's stats page just killed. It murders me. I don't even use it anymore. <laughs> but they have the great feature where you could filter by quarter to get all this. And I can't even use it because it's too like difficult. <laughs> um, so I don't actually know how many he had in the fourth. I think it was fifteen. <laughs> but he had a great fourth. Some sloppiness though early no, on, so and sloppy, like uh, you know the foul trouble once again falling into to you know th- that foul trouble. That thank God, thank God he got into foul trouble tonight. Otherwise he would have played forty six minutes also, <laughs> like another sixty point or sixty minute game. You know. Yeah. Game. So, but Jokic tonight. I mean, it's hard. You can't fault the guy. No, like he true. was the one guy that 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 showed up in the clutch. But what's, it's still a little uneven for him. What's crazy is like. He missed a lot of shots that he normally makes. Yep. He probably could have had a fifty piece. Yeah, he probably could. If have. he just makes like easy stuff that he normally makes. Isn't it's that so indicative true. though of a tired player? Yes. I mean, and six of ten from the foul line. Another thing that he did. I mean, th- that honestly, like that. That's one of my big takeaways from just this game in general and like the season we've been hitting on. It's like Jokic and Murray both look like so they tired. Look tired. They, Murray looks very tired to me. Jokic is making like he's leading the NBA in turnovers. Jokic yeah. like. And, you know, you can't really be Can I give you something on the stat, though? Because he is. And Mike D'Antoni is the one that, because James Harden always is at the top, and he says, yeah, but what are we as a team? And the Nuggets were 16th, meaning almost exactly average in turnovers. That's fine. Jokic has all these turnovers. He has the ball every possession. So some of this is, yes, he has all the turnovers. He's taking on that burden of all of them. That's true. But as a team, it's less so. I'm not. I, I people get mad because they think I'm over defending Jokic. I'm not. I don't care about the turnovers. Some of them are bad, but the Jamal Murray play where he has the ball at the top of the key, he's got a big on him. Yeah, and he throws a lazy pass Ugh. to the wing that might gets have been the play of the game, really. Right, and then he takes a foul that he's lucky wasn't yeah, he's called clear so path. Lucky. That to me showed me wow he is exhausted because if Jamal has some gas. He just goes right by that guy, gets an easy shot, and, and the Nuggets are going. He he didn't even – he put like 3% effort if, even into the pass. Because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, that wasn't to Jokic. That pass, I think, was to somebody else. It, it wasn't right. like he was deferring to Yoke, which you right, could – Right, he was just getting it out of his hands. He was hands. just getting out of his hands. And Murray sees – I think I see it with Jokic too, man. Jokic lay legs. <laughs> that only took a little bit. And, and with Murray also, Murray's a person that's really big on himself. Like he's, yeah. he's his biggest critic, and right now – he doesn't even seem upset about what's happening. I think that he really is just so exhausted that yeah. he's like, I'm out here trying. I'm giving my all. Um, right now I'm just in a funk, and the funk comes from me playing so many minutes and just being so tired all of the time, all of the time. and that goes back to the bench, just not having people that you could trust or go to at those times. There's just there's no answer for, for why he's so tired, and then there's nowhere to get him minutes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's frustrating too because – we're still, still, still waiting to see the fully formed version of this team. Like, we're still waiting to see Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, and Jamal Murray with the deadly three-man game. Um, you know, we haven't seen obviously any of it, and I, I don't. It doesn't sound like we're going to see any of it for for some time too. So, you know, the Nuggets are in a place where they just have to weather the storm that they've created for themselves, and it's frustrating because like if any team of substance goes up against the Nuggets, they just wilt when it. Right. It's well, that's the scary thing about it, and that's why I think Dallas was such a good opponent for them. Is because Dallas is also struggling, and they're a good team, but not great. So it's like, okay, this would have, to me, it would have counted in the good win column. It would have been the first one, yeah. two wins against Minnesota. That I mean, let's be honest, that Minnesota team's horrible. Uh, one win against Houston when it was James Harden's first game of the team. Cousins <laughs> was out. Wall was out. Like, okay, like that's not a good win. This would have been that first one, and it was right, right there on the platter for him. But. You know, the other thing about this is, you know, the ball's just bouncing just a little bit off for Denver um, this year. And in years past, I have been a huge advocate about Denver's had that a lot, a great record in the clutch. And a lot of people say clutch games are 50-50. Yes, there's guys that tilt that a little bit, but not as much as Denver has been. And I still push back on that to some extent, but man, there are flaws on this roster in the clutch now. I think this is kind of what tilts it is. Yes, is Murray and Jokic still a great duo? We saw that in the fourth quarter night. Yeah. And unstoppable. But you still have a couple other guys you're going to have to count on, and I just don't know that they have those guys right now. We didn't see it that much, man. I I feel like they played the two-man game like about for about two possessions. Some of this, I think, was just Murray being exhausted because there was a lot of like start of two-man game. He passes it out, and he's like – Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, you know, I I really think a lot of this comes down to just like the weird – 
way that the season is forming. Like the players had enough time, especially the players that played deep into the bubble, like the Nuggets. Like they had enough time to wind down from the season, but not enough time to ramp back up. Yeah. So like Murray, you know, and deservedly, like I would do the exact same thing. He goes back to Canada. He does nothing for two right. months. Right. He just like lets his body heal, and he's clearly not in the same shape that he was in the bubble, where he was like in. An, amazing shape yeah. um and again like you can't fault the guy for this where like it's frustrating at this exact moment in time because you just see the results on the court and we're we're just asking too much of him a lot of that has to come from the fact or comes from the fact that uh the rest of the team is just like not giving anything to our two top stars it's it's frustrating so, so my question uh to you guys would be how do they fix the bench unit because the bench unit being so bad is to me the root of all these problems. It's oh, why you're sure. having to overplay. I mean, of course, yeah. So how do they fix it? I mean, this is the thing. Well, you know, Michael Porter, who we're going to – trust me, guys, we're going to get to Michael Porter. There's plenty there to talk about. We're going to talk about him. I think he helps just in that he gives another body to the starting unit. So maybe you can move one of these guys out and, and stagger things or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it's still early in the season. I'm not trying to use this as an excuse because Denver has had, you know, great starts every year. Now they don't. But – things can change. And that's why I don't want to get caught saying something. And then two weeks from now, feel really stupid about it. But th this off season was a real, um, you know, bold one, I guess I would say, and that they brought in players and we knew like, okay, you got rid of your good defensive players. You got rid of your wings. One in Tory Craig, you chose to one in Jeremy Grant. That just happened, you know? Right. And you didn't replace him. And instead you brought in more guards. One of which Composo didn't even play tonight. Weird. Like he's coming off it. We we all talked about when he comes up against uh, Minnesota, he how good he looked, and we're like, okay, he's is he in the starting lineup or is he just situational? Well, we learned tonight it's probably going to be situational, and that's what I think is tough. You go up against Luka Doncic, who by the way also had thirty eight points tonight. Don't have anybody that can guard him. Gary Harris a good defender, but nobody can guard him. I mean, to me that ex this experiment again, it's early enough that I don't want to write it off. But, man, every single game I do feel like saying, man, the Nuggets have too many guards. And, by the way, guards that can't shoot, right? right. Like, guards that – and when I say can't shoot, I mean not great shooters, just not, you know, yeah. knockdown. So, to me, I'm, I'm concerned about that. How concerned are you, Dev? I think my answer to, to RK's question would be, first off, it would be staggering. Of course, you try to put Jokic on the court, and then you put Jamal Murray on the court. So, at all times, there is a guy on there. But when Jamal's not shooting the ball or Jamal's not attacking or Jamal's tired and he's not doing that, you can't stagger anymore. So now they're just going through Jokic and they're just trying to survive those minutes that Jokic is not in the game. So then that goes back to your side, that there has to be a big concern because it's like if it's not those two, then who is it? Not having Michael Porter Jr. right now is, is a big reason that you're not getting more minutes. And, it's massive. And a few minutes elsewhere. Then it also – it, it causes like cohesion issues with the with the bench unit. Now you have guys like Jamichael Green with a different group. You can't play them at the same time with certain people. Right. Maybe that's why Faku doesn't play so many minutes because it's then like who do you put him in there with? So <laughs> it, not having Michael Porter Jr. right now, along with Jamal Murray not being great right now, it's just it's causing so many different issues that you you just won't know until they're all playing at the same time. I know. There, so much of this is like we just have to like get our lineup back together and it's just going to be frustrating for a while i think yeah i do too i do worry it's gonna be frustrating for a while and i want to defend jamal murray here tonight because he had 21 points and nine assists four rebounds yeah. he shot eight of 19 like it, it, it wasn't the worst night it's just that he does look so tired that he looked and this has happened actually in two or three games now in a row where it's like oh he comes out just oh on, on fire. fire this dude's incredible <laughs> like Bubble he just like runs out of steam in the second quarter and then the rest of the no, game he scored 15 points in the first quarter and then deep into the fourth he had so he had 19 he yeah, had we had he had twenty one total. He had fifteen points in the first quarter. Two he had nights. six in the last three quarters. Yeah, and that's overtime. why you say it's not a good game. You can't look at it and say Jokic with twenty one and nine is totally. a bad game. But when you look at how he started the game, right. and exactly. how engaged and how alive he was no in doubt. the game, and then all of a sudden you see that he's just out there running at times, or he's just only being so a facilitator standing. at times. Yeah. That's when it becomes a bad game. And also, we've seen Jamal Murray at his best. So now when you see games that he's not playing at his best, of course you have to, you know, you have to talk about him in, in a different light. You have to see him in a different light. We've saw Peak Murray. So we want him to be I at know. least close to that. So you you score 15 in the first quarter and finish with 21 and you're a minus 10. It's not a great game. Let's take our first break guys because we need to. <laughs> um, later on in the show <laughs> we're going to have uh, No, actually I feel better. 
I gotta say, I do, right. I, I feel hanging like out I'm, with I'm, you guys is fun. I feel like I, I snapped out of my funk. Like I got uh, all of my uh, my my grumpy Marie takes, my grumpy Dozier takes. Did I specifically no. call it Dozier? No, you well, Dozier sucked. Now I feel better. <laughs> uh, and so I'm ready. Let's go into phase two of this. Uh, at, in the next segment, we need to talk about Michael Porter. Um, we'll talk about some of the other guys tonight. We'll get back to the game, but Michael, you know, Michael Porter looms over at all of it, and there is an update. Um, an interesting one. Um, but first, let me tell you about Hassle Cattle Company. I should have thrown uh, this to you, RK. Can you do these blind? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Hassle Cattle Company <laughs> Cook. puts out incredible Texas Wagyu beef Wagyu. that's affordable for the everyday man. I know, I know. It's Wagyu. Well, it's, there's, we, we're still open. <laughs> yeah, it's Donkish. <laughs> to me, you did say right? Donkish all day. It's definitely not. You just lost the crowd because it's I'm sorry, a Serbian I just, crowd. It's re- like, as I said to you, if he played in Denver... I would go through the effort of getting it right, like, like, but it's you know it's but just. We're, this is true. Albert Okuebunam, that's his name. He plays in Denver. Wow, that's a tough he gets one. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, anyways, Wagyu. Yeah, Wagyu. Yeah, Wagyu. Wagyu beef. <laughs> Did you just order the box? They give you these like like where you can order. It has a whole pack of, like hamburgers, yeah. some different types of steaks. Did you just order one? So I got two New York strips yeah. out of this world. Yeah. Two packs of burgers. Some of the best burgers I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had the burgers yet. The the, the Wagyu beef <laughs> bacon actually goes hard. I had never had that before. No. My favorite one is the jalapeno smoked sausages. Oh. Um, More so than the, just the steak. Yes. Wow. They are so good. Uh, but honestly, everything there is really legit. Uh, and then you use that code DNVR10, you get 10% off. It's already cheaper. You know, you were we were talking about this earlier. Like, you go to a restaurant Yo, order. Wagyu beef is, like, if you're not familiar with Wagyu beef, <laughs> the thing about Wagyu beef is that uh, okay. the marbling, and we've talked about, it's so tender and so marbled. The, the, the way that the cow itself is. Is it the Jokic of beefs? Uh, it's beefy. And Jokic is pretty marbled. <laughs> he is like he is pretty marbled. I think I think it's like more just like uh, yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. Right, it's the yeah. Jokic of beefs. And um, well, this is a five minute ad read. You guys are. It's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, get you some <laughs> Hassle Cattle Company. H A S S E L L Cattle Company dot com. All right, Green, Code DMV Green Mountain Dental. Oh, dude. You go to Green Mountain Dental Group. You schedule a cleaning X-ray and exam. And you get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. Let's now, that go. means they'll take care of your teeth while you're there. But taking care of your teeth, that's a 24-7 type of job. What if you have Wagyu beef stuck in your Exactly. <laughs> you got to make sure you get that out of there. The Sonicare toothbrush is life-changing. Um, you want to do less work in your life? Everyone wants so to do less nice. work in your life. Just get that Sonicare. It does all the work for you. Yeah, don't stop brushing your teeth. But... Put less effort into brushing them while and, getting more out of it. And I don't want to pick favorites here, but, you know, <laughs> Green Mountain Dental Group has been with DNVR throughout the entirety of the oh, pandemic. Oh, oh. Uh, the, man. And, and that means a lot. You guys don't lot. know how much that means. Like, that really means a lot to us. So um, they are part of the family, 100%, uh, and, and you should be a part of their family. So when you go down there, uh, it's just 15 minutes outside of Denver and Lakewood, and it's the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area. Let's go. All right, so Michael Porter, guys, the news came down um, today. Michael, <laughs> Mike Singer, I think, had the first report on this without having the report on it. And then it came out today with Shams. Michael Porter, who had served a seven-day quarantine for a breach of protocol, was it a breach of protocol or, or no? Close it was within contacts. close contact. So he he was around somebody who had uh, COVID and then had to shelter in place or, or whatever. Today it comes out that. Or yesterday, or today it comes out that he won't play, and it's not an extension of the previous one. It's a new one, and then today finally we find out it's a ten day. I think we can connect dots here, guys. Yep. I don't think we need to like really put these things on. Come into close contact, but test negative. Yep. And then eventually test positive, which is how this happens. Yep. And this is the thing, like, you know, not everybody. A lot of times you hear people say, like, I was in contact, I went and got tested, this or that. Sometimes it takes a few days, and I don't know that this is what happened. But I'm pretty sure that this is what happened with Michael Porter because guess what? It's not a seven-day quarantine. This time it's a 10-day, and that's the amount of time you have to quarantine when you get COVID. So go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, is it for sure? I thought it was like even kind of up in the air, like 10-day is the minimum, right? Oh, right. Yeah, you have to return a negative We don't have like a definitive day he's going to come back, which to me says his uh, personal immune system is at play, and we don't know when his personal immune system is going to allow him to get back to the court. So... And at the end of this, 
he'll have missed over 10% of the season. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. It's insane. He's missed how many games now? Three or four? Yeah, four, four? 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 Oh, maybe, okay. I oh, thought it was four. Yeah, I think it's either three or four. Okay. So up, maybe it will end up being about 10% of the games. Yeah, it'll end up being eight, nine, ten games total, so maybe even more. So, um, you know, this is a really tough break for Denver. Um, I want, I want to say, MPGA, I want to say, uh, uh, first off, I, that's what I wanted to say. We've been in COVID so long, and I hate the way people talk about it. I personally, I really hate the way that people treat it. Now, sometimes people are just unsafe and reckless or this right. or that and that happens we don't know if that was the case it might have been it, i'm not trying to say it sure. wasn't it might have been that first and foremost this presumably is now the second again if it is that he has covid and if it is that he got covid and that's why he couldn't enter the bubble again i think strong assumptions that you can make but i as a reporter i can't tell you that's what happened i hopefully he's safe hopefully he's okay we don't know what this does to your body after one time if you get it two times you know, that's even more concerning. So first and foremost, I hope that he's all right. Secondly, we don't know the circumstances of it. So I, I, I want to give the guy a break from us just being like, oh, my God, how do you do this or that? We don't know. Um, it's, it's Society at large has a really big issue with COVID. Really like, does. It is. People treat it like it's a scandal, like <laughs> somehow getting like the most communicable. Disease it's in an, it's in a, it's gone to like every continent. <laughs> It's yeah. like in it's every like corner of the country. Somehow. It's, tre- it's treated like a personality flaw. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, re- oh, he got COVID. Okay, I guess he didn't want to be a team player. He gets COVID. Right, yeah. You're like, and we what? don't know this. <clears throat> and we don't know the circumstances. Again, it could be that it was reckless, and we know that he Even has some comments. Like, well, we we know that he's had some comments about it that were, you know, unwise. You know, I, so, so so whatever. So, but at the same time, I think the story here is that it really sucks for Denver. It sucks for him, yeah. and and um, it puts the team in a position now where. <laughs> luckily for them, the second half of this, I guess luckily is a really bad word choice here, but tonight the Brooklyn Nets played against the 76ers. Of course, the 76ers are Denver's next opponent. The Brooklyn Nets are three opponents out, so they go them, the Knicks, then, then Brooklyn. Both teams played each other, and there was a positive test today. Seth Curry on, of the 76ers gets a positive test. There's a chance now that Den- two of Denver's next three opponents will have to ha- have at least, you know, Philadelphia... I- I think probably needs to take a couple days off because of how this virus works. You are allowing contact. You might not test positive, but you might be positive just in waiting. So I don't know what the future holds for Denver, and maybe that means Denver doesn't end up playing a bunch of games before MPJ comes back. I don't know. But nonetheless, Michael Porter being out again when so much of the season was about figuring him out as you know and integrating him, to me this is a, a huge blow to a team that doesn't need any huge blows. Yeah, and then the thing with the the contact tracing rules that the league has in place, yeah. it is it makes the Sixers game like in jeopardy really because Seth Curry was on the bench with the team and then they found found out right before the game started and <laughs> you know like there was like the image of him and, and Joel and Bede on the bench together and then they like just says like say Seth Curry's not playing tonight. So then that's that's them, and then you're playing against another team. So you went right. along and played the game. Right. So now there's more people that are in the contact right. tracing protocol. Brooklyn Nets have to travel, so they're flying. Now you have everybody in the same <laughs> location. It is a mess. It, it's a mess. So it's maybe mess. maybe the Nuggets now get a little bit of extra rest. Oh, come on. You know, like – so. But this is Some the thing, right? Practice. Like – Baseball is inherent. So what have we had so far? NBA that went to a bubble. Of course, we're not in a bubble now, but they went to a bubble. It succeeded. We have football, which plays once a week. And it's let's be honest, it was kind of a shit show this year. It just fortunately, if you do catch it, you miss one game. Yeah. And then you come back. And well, they can rearrange the times yeah. And they could move get teams what around about, to make I it mean, work. I mean, it hasn't well, been that bad in the NFL. What about that one game where the Denver Broncos played with zero quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah, well, remember that? Yeah, it wasn't that bad. That was, You're a, right. that was a good game. It should be noted that only one of them <laughs> had COVID. It, um, <laughs> but I do want to talk about the NFL just real quick because I'm curious to see how the NBA is going to handle this. The NFL, without saying it publicly, in my opinion, is operating on the information that they have that n- – to this point, there has been no evidence of transmission during a contest of any sort. Mm. So no football games, no basketball games, or anything like that. And because of that, I think the NFL is being a little bit more lax mm. uh, with their rules in terms of, you know, like the Browns are probably going to play this weekend. They have a COVID outbreak at their facility right now. Jeez. And it just seems to me like the NFL has kind of said like, we haven't we don't have any evidence of it transmitting between teams during a game so we're gonna not say it but 
operate that way. I'm just curious to see how the NBA is going to work with this when their scheduling issues start to get to what the NFL did, which was the NFL was at a point leading up to that Broncos yep. game where if they postponed the Broncos game, again, they were they were going to f- have to add weeks to the schedule. They yeah. didn't want to do that, so they right. started being a little more lax. I'm curious how the NBA is going to operate. I, I do too. I mean, this is a huge can of worms for the NBA and I think a really uh, tight rope to walk. Is that the uh, yeah. tough That's road? A is it a tough road? Wheel is. It's a tough road it. to hold. It's a tough road to hold. It's a tight, it's a tight to road to walk. What else we got? Uh, that was the first time you ever did it. And it's one. since Hector was a pup. Since Hector yeah, was that a one pup. actually, although it's been said over and over, not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, football, outdoors. A little more socially distanced like maybe because there's padding and like players you know teammates come into contact more than than opponents i don't know baseball is inherently socially distanced like nobody's near each other and it's outdoors uh basketball man there's just so much close contact like you're literally breathing on each other's necks the entire game and sweating on each other and this or that. So there's that's just why we, that's why we love it. That's why we love it so much. And uh, light clothing, I would say, very light clothing. <laughs> the shorts could be a little shorter. Than that, I will say, especially that. Jermichael Speaking Green. You were very Jermichael upset Green. about Jermichael Green. That wasn't me. But that was I, me. Uh, Jermichael Green, like you're not Allen Iverson. Let's go take him up a couple so, of so inches long, on the inseam. So long story short, to get this this train back on the rails here, the. The NBA season, I think, is facing its first like major test, and it involves the Nuggets. One, because of Michael Porter, who's presumably tested positive, and then also for the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers, who are on Denver's uh, schedule here. Do you have something, Kale? No. Oh, you just did that? <laughs> Do you want to come up with something? Or? <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, a good segue you know out of, out of yeah. negative town. Let's get to when we have a king of the game. Oh, yeah, of course we do. It's Jokic. I mean, yeah. I was like, who could it possibly be? Yeah, it's maybe. I was going to go potentially maybe PJ Dozier. Yeah. So. Uh, 38 points, 11 rebounds. The legend of Jokic continues. Although I'm, I am worried about this four assists, guys. Like, it, no longer going to be leading the league in, in assists. And to this point, I do wonder if teams, and I thought Minnesota did this. And I'll have to go back and watch the tape to really dive into it. But I do think there's something, too. Denver doesn't have shooters. Maybe you just say, I dare you guys to make 40% tonight. And maybe they won't. And that takes away all your cutting lanes. What do you think about that one, Dev? Especially if you get to it early. If you if you sag early, they don't make shots. It's not like Denver comes out and they're scorching hot in the second half. If they start out slow, it's, it's typically a slow game. Also, if you take away the passing lanes, that's the best thing for Jokic. It, you know, like he could... He could score these big scoring nights, and you could still win the game. But when he's dissecting the defense yeah. with scoring and then also passing, and he's right. getting everyone else involved and in a rhythm, then it's hard to to stop them. It's just kind of like how there used to be the, like the double teaming and and giving different looks. Now they're just they're sagging off of Jokic. It's, it's making it a, a lot easier to to guard Denver if you're not making any type of shots. The, the one thing though, like about this game, is that Denver was in control the entire game they're until the, until well. Jokic comes out at the end of the third. Yeah. They're up 10 points. Remember, yeah. Malone stuck with him, which I thought was a great thing. He picks up four fouls. Malone sticks with him. They get a 10-point lead. It was gone like like that when he came out. As soon as he went to the bench. Yeah. Uh, but the Nuggets had enough in the tank. And, in fact, they went to overtime. They had right. the same score as the Dallas Mavericks as time yeah. expired. Speaking of Jokic being the DraftKings king of the game, though, I want to give a shout-out to DraftKings. Oh. Who I – so Jokic – I Orthodox had Jokic Christmas plus indeed. 350 to lead the game in scoring, which he did for the entirety of the of the end of the stretch. In fact, by him making the game or the game tire at the end of regulation, he cost me that bet, <laughs> which is okay. Oh I can live with that. I thought I was going to push it because he and Donkic tied at 38 points. DraftKings, instead of making it a push, they just cut the value in half, split it between him and Donkic, and it was still a win for me. So thank the, you for I that. I can't take this Donkic. It's, really, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a little yeah. bug in my ear yeah. or something. Don, <laughs> Don Chich wag you. <laughs> that sounds um, delicious. <laughs> Hartenstein, I think, deserves a mention tonight because he plays five minutes, and I thought they were really good five minutes. The problem is I'm not sure he can play more than five minutes in a game without picking up fouls, I and they're know. like annoying fouls, some of these. Yeah, Some yeah. of these fouls, you're like, dude, what on earth are you doing? Like, you just don't foul there. 
Smash Bur- uh, Smash Brother just gets in the game and they, they don't <laughs> even use brother, him, they don't even use him the correct way. If you're gonna get a man and he's gonna get these fouls, he should earn these yeah. fouls. You know, I'm not saying to play like dirty or anything yeah. like that, but at least let Luca fill you. You know, like let somebody feel that you're there if you're gonna do that. Because like, that. like you said, Hardenstein, he he was a plus six tonight, and and that was with a bench unit that's not really doing too well. So f- the minutes that he's in, he's actually like a positive. And then he's also given up minutes. So he has a plus six, but he's given up fouls, shooting fouls, all type of fouls that's getting them to the to the foul line. So if if the Smash Bro, bro can find a way <laughs> to be on the floor and not only foul, he, he gives you minutes that you could put Luka, I mean, you could put Jokic on the bench. You know what yeah. the most impressive part about Isaiah Hartenstein is? Is that uh, he's not particularly impactful as a player, but we have no no less than four nicknames for him. <laughs> so I true. Heart, Heart Rock, Heart Smash Bro, yeah. uh, uh, maybe just the three. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all we got. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, I mean, like, look, I know there's going to be the argument that just says, well, just let him foul out, just play the minutes. And I get that. Maybe you have to because you got to buy Jokic some time. But the flip side of this is I, this is the word of the season for me. It's not legs. It's trust, <laughs> although legs is playing a part of this. It's trust. Like, the team and Malone in particular doesn't trust MPJ. When he comes back, they got to reset the clock on all of that to start trusting him again. Malone didn't trust Compazzo tonight. Didn't you know different combinations of players don't trust in a Hartenstein? I think is one of them. Like it'd be great to trust him, but when you get three fouls in five minutes every single time you're on the court, every single game that you're on the court, Malone just goes, "Well, if I get him out there, he's gonna bit in foulter." Then we got to play in the, in the bonus, and it's concerning. So Hartenstein. Good when he's on the court, but disappointing because I don't trust him. So you're coming after me for Donkic, but you're letting him go Hartenstein. I, I, I've been I, thinking I that. Switch, I switch it up. Hartenstein, he does it to make me mad. It, I, 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 it, his nickname or his last name is for me like the word caramel or caramel. <laughs> I don't know. How, I, I, I don't even know how I pronounce it. I change it every time I say it, regardless of who I'm around. Hartenstein, but Hartenstein. You know who it is? It's that lousy Harrison Wind. He got it in my head. I was sitting next to him. He said Hartenstein so many times he got burrowed. Well, so speaking of which, uh, Harrison Wynn is... The funny part is Eric still hasn't said it right. He said Hartenstein, Hartenstein, and Hartenstein, and it's Hartenstein. I Stein. said Stein. Stein. Like a Stein. Yeah. Uh, let's take but it's our, not a Stein. It's guys, a we got to keep the show moving. Let's take our late, last break because Harrison Wynn, the good-looking one, he's going to join us here in a moment. But first, uh, RK is going to tell us about DraftKings. I mean, what is there else to say about DraftKings? It's by far America's best sportsbook app. Uh, like I said, they hooked it up tonight. They easily could have just said that was a push, giving me my money back and called it a day. But they, they gave me half. Oh, because they, they gave it a win because it was a tie between him and Donkey. It's true. I actually feel like it, it was the top point score. Or that Christmas present. I appreciate that a lot. But you can go over there and get a sign up bonus up to $1,000 when you use the code DNVR. And every single weekend, they're just giving you free money. This weekend, it's 25 to win 50. If any team scores one single touchdown in the entire playoff weekend. That's free. That's literally free money. It's going to happen in the first drive of the first game if the Bills get the ball. That's it's true. It's a little obnoxious that they make you go through the rigmarole. Of, yeah. uh, like, why don't you just push a button and then it just puts money into you? Because yeah. they want you to feel <laughs> yeah, the green do. dot. Exactly. you got to feel the green dot because the green dot is everything. Uh, and if you want to feel the green dot, go download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code DNVR. Are you guys ready to be impressed by this? part yep let's you do must it. be 21 or older colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to 500 deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough and restrictions do apply uh see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 man the man i gotta i gotta give him a little that was very good i feel like he was ripping off the viewers or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing something that was not legal <laughs> Some magic. What, all right, last one is Chevalier Mortgage. Can you do this one? This yeah. One, it's a newer one. Mike and Virginia Chevalier. Oh, yeah. Not only diehard Denver sports fans, but they're a financial services team with over 15 years of experience. Husband and wife. Look at this. Big this part of the DNVR family. Um, they're CSU alums, if that's something you're into. Yeah, uh, let's go. That's not me personally, but you know what? I, I, I still love them. Go. Still love them. Um, you know, your home is going to be one of your largest assets. Your mortgage is going to be one of your largest debts. And they want to take your full financial picture into consideration when they set you up with a mortgage. So go to dnvrmortgage.com and ke- check it out. You get an entered to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. But more importantly, you'll get a free consultation with them. Let's see if I can do the NMLS. And this numbers. one's going to be a hard one. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 19... 
six. One nine three one zero zero six. So close. So and close. Virginia, what's hers? A niner in there? Virginia Chevalier and MLS one nine one zero six three one. There you go. Um, all right. Do we have Harrison? Is he ready to go? All right. Those are very impressive. Was, our our was, people thank love you, advertisements. You. They really do. Uh, all right. The man with the wind in his hair, the arena at his back, and a smile on his face. We Mask think. on his face yeah. and, a, and, and, a, and a song in his heart. Uh, Harrison, it's good to see you, man. Good to see you guys, too. And just looking at the uh, seating arrangement of you four, I think I know why the Nuggets lost. Is it unlucky arrangement? Is that what happened? Well, the, we, we did this after the fact, but you're not wrong. I should have uh, been over there. You're not wrong. Uh <laughs> So, all right, man. So this game, it's, it's funny that this was a holiday game, a home game, because none of this stuff matters. These games are literally played inside of a vacuum. Um, what was the mood after the game from the team? And, this, and we'll start, I guess, with Michael Malone. So it's funny. After a lot of these losses this season, I think we've heard not necessarily Michael Malone, but a lot of the players say, yeah, you know, it's still early. We got a lot of new pieces. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure it out. It's still a process. I got the sense after this one that like Denver took this loss the hardest that it's taken any loss this season. Mm. That was definitely my takeaway from Michael Malone, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic. I think that's a good thing. Um, but this loss hurt them a lot more than two losses to the Sacramento Kings, you know? Uh, hmm. Um, well, what did he, did Michael Malone have a specific thing he pointed to that, that really got under his skin tonight? Well, he was asked what went wrong in overtime and he pretty much just said it should have never gone to overtime. We needed one stop. We gave up that wide open three to Maxi Kleba and that was really, really eating at him. Um, so he pointed that out for sure. He said, uh, in the first half, they had a fly around mentality they didn't have that in the second half. Lack of discipline. Uh, he pointed again to the Kleba three. Just the stuff out of ATOs that Dallas was running, and I thought they ran a lot of good stuff out of their ATOs. Uh, they got a lot of buckets off of that, and Denver just wasn't good enough defensively um, as the game closed. Carlisle's among the best at ATOs, yeah. and it felt like tonight he batted a thousand because there was a lot of high-profile. ATOs, like, you know, big moments, like, okay, this would be a big moment. And they delivered it felt on every single one of them to get wide open looks, including the one that you're referencing there. So now I want to push back and this is just me pushing back to you, Harrison. I mean, he didn't like the effort in the second half played the guys 40 plus minutes. I mean, to me, there was a reason they weren't flying around. Jamal Murray couldn't fly around. And you, sometimes when a guy's being lazy, they don't fly around on D, but they're still flying around on offense tonight. People weren't even flying around on offense. No. Right. And um, Jamal Murray, after the game, cited the heavy minutes. He, he said they were tired at, at the end of this one. Um, so kind of agreeing with your point there. It's funny because a few days, this was like a week back, right before I gave my impassioned Michael Porter Jr. podcast. And then <laughs> the very next day, he he has never played since I gave my impassioned what, Michael Porter podcast. Which uh, Which harbinger did we levy against Michael Porter Jr. that was more... Damaging. What did we draw the tower card? Yeah, no. You giving it so an speech. impassioned speech about hanging, <laughs> sticking with the guy. No, but in it, I was watching a bunch of Kobe. Not, not related, but I was watching a bunch of Kobe things. And one of the things that stood out to me was he talked about how a season you structure your body and your workout regime. Like you don't come into the season and you're just in shape and you're in the same shape. It's like you work towards being ready for the playoffs so that your body and it, your weight how much weight you're putting your le- on your legs and this or that. And as the season goes on, you get ready. So some of this, I can forgive guys like Jamal, short off season, totally. could come into the season and say like, hey, I'm trying to get in it. But the truth is the Nuggets need playoff Jamal right now. And he clearly can't do that. And I, 46 <laughs> minutes a night is like. I love that we need playoff Jamal in game six of the season. <laughs> well, I'm saying you needed that if you wanted no, to not that, be three and five. I'm saying like that's where we are as a team. Like yeah. we need Herculean effort. We need <laughs> Jamal's absolute best game against the Kings twice. <laughs> like the, it's a disgusting situation. So you get the well, sense then, Harrison, that Jamal is feeling the burn a little bit physically. Yeah, well, I mean, he just said it and. I haven't looked this up, but just taking a guess, I'm going to say his highest scoring quarters have been first quarters. Like I can remember a bunch of games already this season where he just got off to a roaring start. 
in the first quarter, just hitting everything, looking super active. And that seems like it's fading into games. Yeah. Yeah. How was his mood? You talked about Malone, but and you talked about the players, but he also, one of these kind of get the sense that they are feeling not panicked, but concerned. I mean, they're looking at it and being like, man, we're not very good right now. Yeah. You could tell from Jamal as well. And I don't know how much the guys were thinking about this post game, but I certainly was like, Denver had a chance to get to four and four to 500 here. And now they're three and five heading on a, a daunting three game Eastern East coast road trip. Like yeah. if they would have won tonight, that's a big swing, I think. And just kind of your morale and just how you're viewing, how your season's going so far. So I feel like all of those things are kind of weighing on them right now. Who else? What is it? Jamal Marie have anything else that stood out to you in his post game? Uh, not particularly. N- Nicola was asked about, kind of what happened in OT. And he said, we were taking bad shots. We weren't executing well. Uh, They did. And he was also asked about his low assist total tonight. Of course, only four assists for him. And he pretty much said, Dallas didn't help. That's why I was shooting a lot and didn't have many assists. Yeah. Hmm. Do you feel like teams have adjusted to the Denver Nuggets? And, And maybe there's something they're doing to make it more difficult? Because Jokic was, let's be honest, guys, he was throwing... 18 assists, 14 assists. Like, it was so easy to him. Now it's like they're just not getting him anywhere. And there are a lot, a lot of cuts to the basket assists. Like, a lot of his assists are handoffs or three-pointers. There's not a lot at, like, backdoor. Well, I think what you'll see uh, when Denver goes against teams with some capable big men, and, I mean, I think Willie Cauley-Stein did an okay, a fine job on, on Jokic, as good as he could have done, uh, Boban as well. When the Nuggets go against teams with capable bigs, you know, maybe it's more of just a one-man assignment. Jokic is getting a lot of just one defender looks, and then you know, when Denver goes against other different types of teams, that's when they're throwing the double and triple teams his way, and um, he's racking up the assist totals. But, I mean, he missed so many easy ones tonight. I don't know how much of that was Cauley Stein and Boban and how much of that was just an off night for him around the rim. He looked frustrated, and at the line – his last free throw that he missed that he, you could see him just talking to himself like a whole lot, almost like resigned to the fact that this just wasn't his night that he had to kind of like push through not having the touch that he usually has. But uh, on a positive side, like I love that if they're going to single him, he's going to shoot the ball 31 times. Right. And on most nights that's going to end up turning out uh, to even more than 38 points. Harrison, uh, Jamal Murray played 46 minutes and, and he admitted to being tired. Um, looking at the DNP list, Faku didn't play tonight. Did he talk at all about why Faku didn't play? He was actually asked about Faku, and he said, um, Dallas went big, we went big. Uh, that was the thinking for not playing Faku. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein was in the rotation tonight, five minutes, three fouls. That was uh, all we saw of him in the first half. Uh, we didn't see him the rest of the night. Uh, I, yeah, I guess that was Denver going big. Hmm. What do you yeah, make of that, that strategy, Harrison, of just it looks like Denver's going to have a different roster every night, you know, by by choice. They're going to play different guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I'm like a traditionalist in that sense where, you know, you have your rotation, you have your substitution patterns. You like to stick to a pretty set schedule in terms of what line I'm sure going to throw out there during a game. I think that helps guys settle in throughout a season. Uh, I think that helps especially new players, which Denver has a bunch of them on their bench, get a rhythm. And, and it's funny because that's typically Michael Malone's approach as well, I feel. I feel like he he likes to have a set rotation as well. But, um, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I guess I'm surprised that's looking like Denver's strategy this year. Yeah, yeah I hate that. I hate when uh, you are <clears throat> just doing things in a reaction to what the other team is doing as opposed to I mean, if the other team goes big, you can go small to defeat them. Right, right. Make them react to you. Yeah, like I, I don't like that we're that that was his answer. That part of this is it's always Malone, and this is his coaching style. He really likes to try to like think about the strategy or this almost like like a playoff. And I think it's part of what makes him, I think, a good playoff coach. Yeah. But um it's trust. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If you trusted your guys and were like, I don't care who they throw out there, I trust my guys then you would do it, but he clearly doesn't. So it's okay. How can we best mitigate this disaster and hope Jokic and Murray pull us out of it? If I'm just trying to find minutes at all to get Jamal Murray off of it, and I I see a team like Dallas that's going to go big, 
I'm just going to try to match all of Faku's minutes with Jalen Brunson minutes. Yeah. Right. Just so I mm -hmm. can get some yeah. time off of it. Totally. I know that a lot of coaches try to offset it to like they try to get Jamal Murray off of a specific lineup. Right. I mean, a matchup yeah. or something like that. So like you get Brunson on him for a minute, he could try to go off. But if I'm just trying to find like the longevity of the game, I'm going to put Brunson uh, minutes and try to give at least a backup point guard. It doesn't even have to be Faku. I'm just going to give a backup yeah. point guard those minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody else speak? Uh, Gary Harris spoke as well. He was the third. Um, I asked him, were there any positives you guys could take from this? And he pretty much said, we're not into moral victories right now. And that kind of goes along with the theme that I was talking about a couple minutes ago of just this one really hitting this team harder than a lot of the other losses have so far. Yeah. It is true. This was, this was, I don't think there were moral victories anyway in this one, but if, you know, if there, even if there were a moral victory, like, ah, oh, you know, Compazzo really, you know. Or something, well, the, it wouldn't matter. The thing about this game is that the Nuggets were ahead, they went down, and then the ball was in our glorious King's hand. At the end of the game, he sinks the shot to send it in overtime. It feels so great. And then the Nuggets just wilt, and we get nothing in the overtime period. And it's just like, you go from such a high to just such a low and you just left with like this emotional void. So yeah. it just, it feels crummy. It does feel crummy, but the, the, the nuggets played good enough to win. They just, yeah. you know, if, if Jokic hits, he, I think he missed three free throws down the stretch. Um, he hits one of those. We win the game. Harrison, are you, what's your level of concern with the nuggets right now? You know, I think they're getting closer. I do. I don't think this was necessarily like a step back or anything. I think they're getting closer. Um, but they're still so far away from the finished product. They still yeah. are like really far away. Yeah. And um, that's what's concerning because I don't think Michael Malone like knows who his top five guys are probably right yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. You know, and um, – like I, I saw a lot of people talking about PJ Dozier's play at the end of this game on Twitter. And he, he's had some really high peaks early this season and also some like really low valleys, I feel like. Um, but it, it just seems like Malone isn't totally comfortable with who he's thrown out there. It, it, this team's just still a little incomplete, right? Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. All right. Well, Harrison, we appreciate it, man. Um, be safe getting home from the arena. Can't wait to see what you cook up from this one. Um, is there anything else before you get out? I don't have anything else, guys. Um, the only thing I could think about when Nicola hit that jumper to go to OT was like how loud this place would have been. Oh, my God. Oh, and it's dead silent? Or just just was, the music? It was very loud here in the DMVR bar, and it was yeah, you know, I also can imagine. I can imagine. This place would have been on fire. This place would have been out of control. Well, what a damn shame. All right, Harrison, have a, have a good one, buddy. We'll talk soon. Um, well, there you have it. So here's the state of the team. I do. <laughs> before we get out of here, though, I do think it's important for us to kind of end on this note, and that was that at the Athletic over the last two days, there was an article, a report about Jeremy Grant and his decision. And, of course, we've talked about Jeremy Grant's departure. You know, who? first of all, we talked about, like, who's to blame, like, oh, this or that. Tim Conley, they didn't know and they didn't – did they not offer? Did they get cheap? And Jeremy Grant has said that the reason he left was because he wants to be in a he, – he feels compelled personally, like in his soul, to be in a black city. With, uh, where he can make an impact on black neighborhoods, black businesses, play for a black coach, um, and in a black organization. And of course, in Detroit, you do have Dwayne Casey, you do have Troy Weaver, the people at the top, other than the ownership, who has like a really actually unfortunate, <laughs> you know, really, really yeah, negative he, history with he, the prison system. He didn't do all of the research. Yeah, well, well, I'll just say, but, you know, to his, to his defense, you know, he's making a decision that clearly went beyond basketball. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'd heard this before. I'd actually heard that this was one of the motivations. I don't know. I didn't hear it was the primary. In, in, in the story, it was said that that was the primary reason, and maybe it was. But I think it gives some perspective both on Jeremy Grant and why he left and on the front office's offseason and why it sort of fell so flat. Um, yeah, I'll start with you, d -Lan. What do you What do you make of this uh, situation? Does it change at all how you view the Nuggets' offseason? Uh, just 
in that they didn't have a chance to re-sign Jeremy Grant, like, right. regardless of what they did. Um, I mean, from that perspective, I mean, you, I had heard this because you had told me. Um, so I feel like them quickly signing Jamichael Green was a good counter to that. Right. Um, you know, it does say a lot. Like, I mean, there were rumblings of like, you know, like, oh, you don't realize Jeremy Grant's, you know, pay him enough. Right, it's right, like, right. It's like that like, obviously did not matter. Never, never was on the table. Uh, unfortunately, that's such a bummer, man. Like every time we've traded for a piece that seems so good and and fits so well with what be it Andre Iguodala, or right? Jeremy Grant, like why why won't you love us? We right. love you. You won't love us back. No one loves us. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it's really about then the continuity we've lost obviously with losing Tory Craig um, and just like all of the other, these other players that um, Mason Plumley. I mean, all these guys that, you know, in a vacuum, you don't necessarily miss what they bring, but you know, that definitely we are missing the large, um, I don't know, monolith that they created. Well, the other thing about this is I, I want to say one thing about the Nuggets roster. If you just brought back everybody that you have and lost Torrey Craig, lost Mason Plumlee, lost Jeremy Grant, but everybody else was as good as they were last year, it makes sense. But let's be honest. Will Barton, not as good as he was last year. Jamal Murray looks tired. Uh, Paul Millsap looks like he's a year older and in a really bad way. Like Gary Harris can't make a three-pointer. So it's not only did they lose key pieces, but the guys that they brought back have all been less than 100% of what you expected them to be. So I, in my opinion... Everything is going to be said, oh, well, you should have kept these guys. And I think there's a lot of truth. I think we're learning that. But at the same time, Will Barton is himself. Nuggets are probably better. If Paul Millsap's him, you know, what he used to be, he'd probably be better. But back to Jeremy Grant for a second here. Do you think that this is a thing? I mean, Denver has always talked about we can't get free agents, can't keep people. I can't imagine Jeremy Grant's the only one that feels this way. No, but if you really just go back to the bubble, um, Jeremy Grant didn't really talk to media. He used every right. one of his media sessions to to advocate for everything that was going on in the world he you cannot he, question his motives on this at, yeah, at all this is this is truly what he feels that we, we don't fault anybody when they want to go back home we don't fault anybody when they want to be closer to home or anything like that we can't fault him for something that he truly does believe in he he talked about brianna taylor he talked about the shootings he talked about everything every single game no matter if he had a good game and he was really good in the bubble it didn't matter he, he used his time to do that so now when he makes a decision that's that's for him in his heart, you can't be mad about that. So I don't I don't you can't judge him based off of a basketball decision. Was Detroit a better basketball decision? Not at all. But that's the decision that he wanted for himself and and what he truly felt. So you have to accept it. Well, part of this. So there are two stories that have kind of come out and they're both separate, but I think they both factor into it. One of them was he wanted a bigger role. And that part's true, too. Like there's no deny. He's talked about that multiple times. So there is that strain of it as well. And then there's this strain of it. And I think. You know, to your point. And here's why I see some people that have said, and you always get the worst comments, you know, like whenever a, a, a story like this breaks and people have said, well, if the roles were reversed, I want to play for a white coach instead of black people say not the same thing for millions of different reasons. But one of them that I want to bring people's attention to is that the NBA is a predominantly predominantly black sport. There's not a lot of black coaches. And one of the things, in my opinion, that is happening or and black front office members, one of the things that I think Jeremy Grant is saying is putting my money where my mouth is. If this becomes a thing, maybe now organizations will listen about the importance of having proper representation throughout organizations. And a lot of people will say like when the, when players protested, a lot of people maybe not fully understanding or, or really putting the thought into this will say, well, what good is it doing? What do is this? This is one of those things where he's saying, maybe this does do some good. Maybe this does put a little urgency in people to say, hey, what if what if a lot of players started saying we will reward organizations that that look outside of their own little network uh, of, of friends? And I think it's really cool uh, that he's doing that. And you're now seeing a similar situation with Deshaun Watson in Houston. Um, you know, athletes is, are some of the most influential black you know members of our society. They're they're they are in the public eye. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the biggest problems we have in sports, I think is the representation of black coaches and black front office members. And I think it's really cool that someone like Jeremy Grant or someone like Deshaun Watson is saying like, I want to use my influence right. in this organization 
to help those people get those jobs that they are qualified for, that they deserve, and that they can succeed in. So yeah. it's unfortunate that this negatively impacted the Nuggets in this yeah. situation. <laughs> but I hope... I know. That, that, that's like one of those things. You're like, you can't be mad. I hope like, that becomes a trend. Yeah. And I hope that the organizations that are hiring those people have the players right. want to play for them. So the other, so the rest of the organizations say, you know what, maybe we should uh, think of doing those, you know, giving those opportunities to those people that deserve them as well. All right, guys. Well, we're heading into the weekend. We are going to be back on Saturday. So we have Friday off. Saturday we're coming back. Then Sunday we're back. We think. I don't know. <laughs> like, In fact, I kind of put it like 50. I, I may never be back, just to be clear. No, no, 50-50 on this whole, like, the Philadelphia 77. Who knows, man? I have no idea what to expect. Denver's supposed to play a Saturday game, day game. What? <laughs> whatever, hey, whatever she says, I assume she, whatever she says, uh, it's time to go. So uh, I guess here we are. But thanks so much, everybody, for hanging out with us. It sucks, but you know what my motto is? In life and in the loser's lounge. We suffer together. We suffer together, and boy, did we suffer this Christmas. Isn't that, isn't that depressing? That's Adam's like motto in life. Is it, it's is not, it, though. It's not depressing. <laughs> I'm telling you, sit, ponder it. Ponder it, it for a while. Why does it have to be suffer? Can't it just be like we endure so together? It, it, oh. it, it, we do endure, but, you know, endurance is inherently suffering. So. I know, but like, you could phrase that one of two ways. Like, no, <laughs> no, man, it's suffering. We're going to do it together. It's like jumping into a cold... Lake, <laughs> like, hey, do it by yourself. That sucks, but if you your friends, you know what? Let's it do this. Sucks for it us. Still sucks, but it sucks <laughs> with all of us. Thanks, everybody. Have a great, have a great weekend. We love you. One more time, guys, before we get out of here, I want to shout out Green Mountain Dental Group, sponsoring this show. Green Mountain Dental Group, the best damn family-owned dentist in the Denver metro area. Huge Denver sports fans, huge DNVR fans, and right now you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush. When you go there and sign up for an x-ray cleaning and exam, they'll get you right. Become your friend. Become somebody that's always checking in on you, making sure everything's going okay, and making that dentist experience, which many people don't like going to the dentist. They make it easy on you because they've got your best interest in heart. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group right there in Lankwood, and don't forget, you get that free Sonicare toothbrush every time you go. Get a, a x-ray cleaning and exam. 